good morning, Journey Church. <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you guys. That was my daughter and Jeff. If y'all hadn't met Jeff, uh, he was a loud one. All right, so it is a special day. Hey, every Sunday we gather, we get to celebrate. Uh, all that God has done and everything that he has accomplished. Just a little extra special for me today because uh, it is my birthday. And so I am a young 37 years old today. And it has been a, uh, thank you. It's been a, it's been a fun 37 years. So uh, I definitely have enjoyed most of the moments of those, those 37 years. My, my mom tells a story of when she found out that she was pregnant uh, with me, and uh, she had two boys at the time, and she was raising a newborn. So I have a brother that is 16 months older than me. You guys may see him when you pull in the parking lot. That is not me. I don't change that fast and then come come in here and uh, do what I do. So I have a brother. We look a lot alike. And so my mom was raising him as a newborn, and uh, she found out she was pregnant with me, and she didn't know how my dad was going to react. And so she did not tell him in person. She actually waited for him to go to work, and she picked up the phone, and she called him once he, he got to work, and she said, Gene, I'm pregnant, and my dad just hung up the phone. He did not respond any way whatsoever, literally just hung up the phone and went back to work. I think he knew he was going to have to make a lot more money uh, than what he was already making, so he just went right back to work, didn't say a word, came home, was kind of comatose for a few days, and uh, then began to accept that he was going to have his third and best son uh, that was going to be coming coming sometime soon. And, and when it came time for my mom to, to deliver me, she, she went into labor and, and she delivered me. As soon as she delivered me, the doctors grabbed me up and ran to uh, another side of the room. So there was something that had been obstructing my breathing and I was not breathing uh, when I was born. And so they were there working on me. And if you've been in one of those situations, you know uh, there's panic. You have trust that the doctors know what they're doing. They're going to fix the situation. But there's a little bit of panic of, I really don't know What's happening? Because when a baby isn't breathing, they're not taking 10 minutes to explain to you what's going on. They're just trying to make sure that the child is breathing. So my parents are in a little bit of panic. And as my dad says, and, and then I began to make noise. And he goes, and you have never stopped. And so I'm grateful that God uses my love for speaking to actually uh, share his gospel. And it, it's been five weeks since I had a chance to speak to you guys. So the next hour and a half are going to be, man, they're going to be a blast for us. I'm kidding you. Yeah, I'm not speaking an hour and a half. All right, here we go. But we've been walking through uh, the Ten Commandments. Pastor Mike has done an amazing job walking through uh, the first four commandments. And today we're landing on honoring your parents. And I tell those stories to tell you this, that I want to honor my parents in front of you. I want you to know that I had amazing parents, that I, I appreciate the way that my parents raised me, the way that they loved me, the opportunities that they afforded me as a kid. I, I mostly appreciate the fact that they made sure that I was in church, they made sure I knew about Jesus, and they made sure that I understood what it meant to have a relationship with Him. So they didn't leave that decision all up to me, but they were active in sharing the gospel with me from an early age. And because of that, at an early age, I surrendered my life to Christ. So I want to honor them in front of you. I hope somebody had their phone up. If you had your phone up and you're recording that, I will give you the number. You can send that to them and uh, make sure make sure they see what was going on. But in our command today, this is what God tells us. He says that you are supposed to honor your father and mother. It's not a suggestion. He didn't say that you're to honor your father and mother as long as they are doing the things that you want them to do. He didn't say honor your father and mother as long as they are cooking meals that you enjoy having. He didn't say honor them as long as you're happy with them. He just simply said, this is a command. You're supposed to honor your father and mother. And the fifth commandment, the one we're looking at today, literally splits the Ten Commandments in two. 
So the four commandments that we've already looked at, that Pastor Mike walked us through, all deal with our relationship with God. So for four commandments, God is giving instructions, and he's saying, these are the ways that you're supposed to relate to me. So here are the commands that I have for you, the way that you should relate to me and have a relationship with me, your God. And then the Ten Commandments hinge right here where we're looking, because it turns from our relationship to God to our relationship with other people. And so we go from looking at, here's how we walk with God, and here's how we live that out with other people. In fact, you might want to jot it down this way. It says, the first four commandments prepare us to live out the final six commandments. And so unless we get those first four right, our relationship with God, the final six really don't matter. And so it begins there, but our relationship with God, listen, will always show itself in our relationship with other people. Jesus believed this so much to the point that he said, uh, he summed up the Ten Commandments with just two things. He said, you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And listen, then he said, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. He said, all the laws of the prophet are summed up with these two things. Just those two things. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself, and right here is the dividing line. So we've already walked through what it means to love God and live for him. And today we begin walking through what it means to, to take that love for God that we have and to share it with, with other people and to live with them. So Exodus 20 puts it this way. It says, honor your father and mother, and then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. Paul reminded the Ephesians of the command in Ephesians 6 where he said, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. And that word honor in the New Testament is a word, teme. And listen, there's a reason this is in your handout. I don't care if you ever learn Greek, but I do want you to know the definition of honor. Here's what it means. It means to value, respect, or highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. In other words, I give it meaning. I'm saying that you are something that's precious. You're something that's valuable to me. You matter. You matter. I don't know how many of you guys grew up in the South. Some of you, I imagine, are here for school or your job has brought you here to the South. If you are a new resident to the South, to the Southeast part of America, I want to let you in on a little secret and just make you aware of something that you're going to discover extremely quickly, and that's that women in the South will monogram anything. Right? They will monogram anything. They will monogram a hat. They'll monogram a shirt. They will monogram baby clothes. They'll monogram hand towels. They will put their initials on the back of vehicles. Husband, if you sit there long enough, you're going to have a monogram on you, right? It's going to have, they will monogram anything. And so when we got married, we got all kinds of stuff with monograms on it. Right? We, there, there was a ice bucket with our initials on it. And I went, why is that useful? Like, what will you, why do our initials need to be on our ice bucket? Is there, are people still in ice buckets now? I don't know what's going on. So, but one of the special things we got were, were towels. And so we got these bright, white, I guess expensive towels, and they had our initials on them in this nice little pewter-type type color. And I thought, well, this is nice. This is going to be a nice towel to use. I quickly find out, you do not use that towel. Right? That's not a towel that you use. We, we hung that towel in our guest bathroom so that everybody else could see that we had towels with our initials on them. And that was where they stayed. You did not touch them. You didn't dry your hands on them. And you better not get out of the shower and use one of them. Right? It's just, you don't use them at all. And so we're living in Mobile, and a guest comes to visit, and they're staying with us for four or five days, and they do what guests do. They're using our guest bathroom, and we have a closet in the guest bathroom that has 15, 20 towels in it that are just for guests. 
Y'all have those, right? You've used them, you've gotten tired of them, and they feel rough on your body, so you're like, our guests can use them, where they feel important. So they're all there in the closet. And we're thinking, they'll just grab a towel. And they do grab a towel, but they, they grab that one off the wall with the, the initials on it. And we don't know it for three or four days. And we walk in after they're gone, and we're, we're in there, and we're cleaning up. And, and my wife has a nervous breakdown because they have used the valuable towel, the one that matters with the initials on it. And listen, it was valuable. It was not meant to be used. But I see some of you men laughing. You've done the same thing, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. And look, here's the deal. It wasn't for common use. It wasn't for common use. It was something that was special. And we commonly use things in our life that we don't view as valuable. And so the commandment to honor your father and mother is a reminder that your parents are valuable and they're not just something to be used. And so on the front end, God is saying, I want you to honor your father and mother. Listen, on the back end of the command, there's a reminder that they are valuable, that they're precious, that they're not just a tool for you to use as you grow up and to cast aside as you get older. And so it's a reminder, not just to children, but it's a reminder to adults. Listen, we all have parents. It's a reminder to all of us that your parents are valuable, that they matter, that they're precious, and they're not just to be used and to toss to the side, but they still matter and we're to honor them at every stage of our life. Now, God only shared ten things when he shared the Ten Commandments to Moses. And so I, I assume that all ten are extremely important. So I want to share with you a few reasons that I believe God chose to include honor your father and mother in the Ten Commandments. And the first one is this. It's because every parent is human. Every parent is human. Listen, they make mistakes. They're humans just like me and you. They, they deal with sin. They deal with issues. They deal with habits. They deal with hang-ups. And so as children, we need a reminder that we're to honor our father and mother, because we're not careful. We're just going to focus on all the things that they do wrong, and we're not going to give them the honor that they are actually, actually do. When we were growing up, we grew up in a, a home. It's a small home, but, but my granddad was a rock mason, and so he had built a, a rock fireplace and chimney on the outside of it. And I, you could climb up it. And so it was a game for us. We would be in the yard all the time throwing frisbees or throwing footballs or baseballs or whatever it is that that we were playing with at the time. And we would get it stuck behind the chimney on purpose so that we could then climb up to the chimney, get up on the roof of the house. And If you have boys, you know the kind of stuff I'm talking about, right? We're, We're on the roof of the house. We're throwing stuff down. Well, one day my dad is in the yard and he says, hey, why don't y'all just jump off? Don't worry about climbing back down. Just jump off and I will catch you. (laughs) Right? Yeah, and so I don't know if, if, uh, if, if my brother trusts my dad more than me or if he was just a respectful young man, but I said, hey, you go first. And so he walks to the edge of the roof, and he does. My dad's standing here like this, and when my brother hits the ground, he's still standing here like this, right straight through, straight through his arms, right onto the ground. And I remember going, I think I'll climb down. Listen, parents make mistakes. Sometimes they miss you when you jump off the roof, right? They make mistakes. They're not perfect. They don't always get things right. And I promise you, they know they made mistakes when they were raising you. Without a doubt, they know it. They understand it. There are things that they wish that they could do different. And knowing that they're human, that they make mistakes, I believe God looked into the future and said, we need to remind anyone who follows me to honor your father and mother. Look, they will always, always make mistakes until they step into heaven themselves. But look, they are always worthy of the honor that God demands us to give them. And then I want you to know this, is that God chose your parents. He used their DNA to make you unique. He chose them specifically. 
He was way more interested in creating you than he was in the parenting skills of your parents. You get this? That without your parents, so we don't have a whole lot of time to harp on this, but just know this, that without your parents, exactly who they are, you would not be who you are. And God wanted you, and he wanted to make you the way that you are. In fact, Scripture puts it, uh, puts it this way. It says, God, you knit me together in my mother's womb, and you recorded every day of my life before I was born. You knit me together. He wanted you exactly the way that you are. Listen, you are not an accident. There are accidental parents. There are no accidental children. God knit you together in the womb. He formed you, and he had the DNA of your parents come together perfectly to make you exactly who you are and to make you the unique individual that you are. He cared about you. He loved you before you were ever born. And so he used them. He chose them, and we honor them because of it. Look, here's a few things I want you to know of. It's how we live out this command. So as we grow and as we age, this command becomes a little bit different. It means one thing when you're a child. It means totally something different when you're an adult. And so if you would, just follow along with me. If you would, jot these things down. The the first way we carry this out is, as a child, I honor my parents by obeying them. I honor my parents by obeying them. Colossians 3.20 put it this way. It said, children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. But I'm going to read it one more time in case there are any children in the room. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. When I grew up, I was a question asker. I don't know, maybe you guys have some kids like that. I was curious and I wanted to know about everything. And so I asked why all the time. And it turned into this, that my mom would go, clean your room. I'd go, why in three hours we're going to mess the bed up again? Why, why should I make it now? Right? And sometimes she gave me an explanation, and sometimes the explanation sent me running to make up, up my bed. But I usually got one. She said, take out the trash. But the question was, why am I supposed to do that? Right? I think it's just a phase that most of us go through when we're growing up. It was cut the grass. Well, why, why do we need to cut the grass? I don't want to cut the grass right now. It's hot. Why do we need to do that? And we asked that over and over again. And my mom usually gave the same response. I think some of you guys may know what that response is. So she would say, take the trash out. I would say, why? And she would answer, yeah, because I said so. And so God gives a command right here. He says, children, I want you to obey your parents, obey them. And then he gives a reason. And and it's God's way of saying, you're to obey your parents because I said so. Because that's what I said to do. He said, children, obey your parents in everything. Why? Because it pleases the Lord. That's what I've asked you to do. That's what you're supposed to do. So if you are a child, you honor your father and mother by obeying them. Now, there is one limit. So so write this down in the margin somewhere. As long as they're not asking you to do something that goes directly against the Word of God, you obey your parents. Hands down. That means at the middle of the day, they ask you to go wash the car. You know what you do? You go wash the car. And if they ask you to take the trash out, you, you take the trash out. If they ask you not to watch something on television... You choose not to watch it. If they ask you to end a relationship with someone that you're dating that they don't approve of, you know what the biblical command is? Just to honor your father and mother to obey them. That means you choose not to date that person that they don't approve of. Well, I know this is harsh, right? It, it, it's far, but we're going to get to why this is the case in a minute. But he says to honor your... Look at what he says. He said, honor your father or obey your father and mother in everything. There it is, in everything. I want you to obey them in absolutely everything. And we do it. We obey them. We choose. The way we honor our father and mother as a child is we obey them. Now, some of you are in the room right now, and you're going, well, when does that end? Right? Because certainly as an adult, 
you're not called to obey your parents anymore. You're called to honor them. But there's a difference between honor and obey. As a child, we're called to obey them. And, and we always go through this, right? As a teenager, you probably went through the same thing. And you would tell your parents, say, don't talk to me that way. I'm an adult. <laughs> and we always claim it long before we're an adult. Right, and so here's the standard. I want to give this to you, and I want to leave it with you. And I'm not going to hark on it because I don't want to, I don't want to beat you up today. But here's the standard: you are to obey your parents as long as you're dependent on them. As long as you are dependent on your parents, you are called by Scripture to obey them. That means if mom and dad are paying your bills, you obey them. If you live in mom and dad's house, <coughs> you obey them. You can say you're an adult, but you're not living like one, right? Adults go out, they pay their own bills, they have their own place to live, they pay their own insurance, they make their own car note, they put their own gas in their car. Those are the things that adults do. So as long as you are dependent on your parents, the biblical command is clear that you obey them. Now parents, a a little common sense we use as children grow and get older, we certainly do not treat a 17-year-old the same way that we treat an 8-year-old because we want them to grow into the freedom that they're meant to experience as an adult. But listen, we're speaking directly to those who would be children, and the command is clear that we honor our parents simply by choosing to obey them. Now, the Bible is clear. It tells us over and over again that we are to freely give honor or respect to everyone. It tells you that if you are a follower of Christ, that you're to show honor and respect to everyone, that you're to be a person known that shows respect that. Uh, that shows respect to everyone else. But look, then it says this, that you're to live in such a way that you earn the respect or honor of everyone else. And so honor is something that you freely give, but it's something that you choose to live in such a way that other people would decide to honor you. And so with that in mind, jot this down. As a parent, I gain my children's honor by living a life worthy of respect. And so it's not just something that I have to demand, but it's something that I live out in front of them, that I live a life in front of them that shows that I'm worthy of the honor and respect that God has called them to give me. If you consistently have to demand respect, or if you consistently have to demand honor, there's a good chance you're not living in such a way to earn it. So jot these things down. Here's how we live in such a way that we earn honor. The first one is we lead our children. We lead them. We lead them. What you show them will always be infinitely infinitely more important than what you tell them. Look, it's one thing to tell your children to do something. It's something completely different if they see it lived out in front of them. Right? And things are caught. They're not taught. They're caught. They see it. They catch it. If you want your children to learn to have a daily time with God, then they need to see you have a daily time with God. If you want your son to treat uh, the, 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 the opposite sex in a way that is worthy of respect, in a way that's worthy of honor, that he needs to see you treat his mother that way because what he's going to do is he's going to catch your attitude. It's one thing for you to say it. Say, look, here's the way that you're supposed to do things. This is the way that we treat people. These are the things that we allow and the things that we don't allow. But what you live out is what they will gain. That is what they will live out. That's what they will do. And so if you want your children to have a time with God, then you need to have a time with God. If you want them to to speak with respect to others, then you need to to, to speak with respect to others. Proverbs puts it this way. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Look, train them up. It didn't say teach them. It said train them. And you train someone by showing them. You show them. My dad, when... When he realized he had three boys, I think realized he never had to cut grass again, right? And so he trained us early on. 
on how we were to cut grass, right? At eight years old, we're out there with a push mower, and it's really clear. He goes, look, I'm going to show you how to do it. And so we're standing there in the yard, all three of us, and we're watching my dad push mow a yard. And he calls us over there. He calls my oldest brother first, and he goes, all right, now you do it. And so he does what he has seen my dad do, and he begins push mowing the yard. And he calls my other brother over, and he goes, you do it. And then he begins doing the same thing, and then he calls me over, and he goes, don't ever pull the lawnmower backwards, because he knows I will be that one to run my feet over. And then I go, and I do what I have seen him do. The same was true when I spent time with my grandfather, and he was a guy who always worked outside. And I watched what he did, and listen, I learned how to, to grow and attend the garden, not by what he said, but just by watching him do it. And your kids are learning how to live life and they're learning how to follow Jesus, not just by what you say, but more often than not, by what you do. And so we train them. We train them with our actions and then we invite them to come along and to do that with us. That's leadership. We lead them to live lives that will follow God. Second, we encourage them. We encourage them. The Bible in Colossians is pretty clear. It tells us that we should not exasperate our children, now, now that's a big word. That just simply means you shouldn't poke at them so much that they want to quit and give up. That we shouldn't be that as parents. That we shouldn't constantly be teasing or poking or complaining at them and nothing ever being good enough to the point that they just want to quit and they want to, to give up on life. We shouldn't exasperate them, but we should encourage them. We should train them. We should lead them. We should push them to become better. Look, it's just a, one way that, that, that you see it happen. There's a kid who makes a 92 on a test, right? And he brings it home, and the parent goes, could have been 100, <laughs> right? Could have been 100. My dad just went, you passed, right? <laughs> Congratulations, you did it, right? That, that's it. It's encouraging. We're encouraging them to be better. We're not constantly demeaning and coming down on them. The Bible says this. It says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. I don't know about you guys, but I love good food. Like I do, I will drive hours to go eat at a restaurant. To some of you, that might, might, that might sound extreme. Others of you go, I will drive days. Like, you understand it. That there's something that I think is good, I will drive, and I will try it at least once to see if it's worth uh, all the hype. And so a buddy invited me to lunch one day. And he invited me to a place called Noble South in, in Mobile. It's a restaurant in downtown Mobile. And, and we were working through some things we were doing in ministry. And I met him there. We walk into the restaurant, and and he sat down and he goes, hey, I'm going to buy some appetizers. I said, bud, if you're paying, you buy whatever, whatever it is that, that you want to buy. And the waiter came over and took our drink orders. And, and my friend said, hey, I want, I want two orders of pickled shrimp. And the waiter walked off and I said, do what? <laughs> what did you just order? I said, one, I don't even really like pickles. And so I can't imagine shrimp swimming in pickle juice. It sounds like the worst thing I've, I will ever experience in my life. And he goes, man, I'm just saying, just try it. When, when they bring it out, I just want you to try it. So they bring it out, and they set one in front of him, one in front of me, and some crackers. And I look at them, and, and it's water, and it's oil, and there's shrimp floating in the, bunch of, in the middle of a bunch of onions, right? And I'm thinking, what, what you're thinking? Like, it's going to be horrible. And so I look at it, and I go, dude, I don't know if I'm going to eat that, right? I don't, I, it just doesn't look appetizing. I don't think I'm going to eat it. And he goes, man, I'm telling you, just try it one time. And so I dip the spoon in. I pulled a shrimp out. There was a, a onion hanging down from it, and I put it onto a cracker, and I proceeded to shove it into my mouth as fast as I could and chew it. And you know what happened that day? T.C. Brown changed my life. Listen, he gave me a meal that touched me to the soul. It may be the best thing that I've ever eaten in my life. Look, I love, love, love good food. And the writer of Proverbs said this. He said, I want you to know that your words, that wise words, can satisfy like a good meal, and the right words 
can bring satisfaction. Know this as a parent, that you have the ability to speak life into your children. You also have the ability to speak death, but the choice is yours. We use our words. We choose what we say to them, and we can encourage them, and we can build them up. And listen, as we do that, they will, they will learn to honor us, or we can destroy them, and we can tear them down. But if we're going to live lives that command the honor that is due us, then we encourage them. And then here's the one most of you guys have been waiting on. We discipline them. Right? We discipline them. We certainly lead them. We show them what they're supposed to do. We encourage them to do it. But listen, we also hold them accountable when they do not. And so we discipline them. A couple days ago, Pastor Mike texted me, and he said, Hey, um, you want to ride with me? And and I, I don't know where he wants me to go, so I'm a little nervous, right? Like, where are you taking me? And uh, so I text back, I don't know, where are we going? So he texts me where we're going, and Pastor Mike had bought something off of Facebook Marketplace. Uh, I don't know how well you guys have gotten a chance to know Pastor Mike, but Pastor Mike is a wheeler dealer uh, at heart, and he loves buying stuff off the Internet. So if you have something that you're wanting to get rid of, if you would snap a picture of it this afternoon, send it to him through Facebook, and he probably will buy it from you. And uh, then somebody else in the church will own it within a period of days. And so he has bought some tools off a marketplace, and he wants me to go with him because he's not sure who he's buying the tools from. And we pull up in this guy's driveway that he's, he's bought the tools from. And Mike texts him, and he says, hey, man, uh, we're here. We're out in the driveway. And the guy goes, oh, man, somebody just showed up five minutes before you and got him. <laughs> That's what I did. I laughed because I was like, I know, Mike. This is going to get fun, right? And so... He texts him back. He goes, brother, I gave you my word, but I just assume that don't mean anything anymore. And he puts his phone up, and we drive back to the church. So we pull into the church parking lot, and, and his phone goes off, and Mike has a smirk on his face. And I said, hey, what are you laughing at? Because if you're laughing, I want to laugh with you. I'm not just trying to be nosy, but I enjoy a good laugh. And so I want to know what he's smirking at. And this guy has responded with a text message, no lie, you guys, is at least this long. And he goes, I'm so disappointed in myself. You're right. You're absolutely right. You gave me your word, I gave you my word, and it absolutely should mean something. And the dude just starts pouring his soul out to Pastor Mike, almost like he knew he was a pastor from the beginning, right? And he's just pouring it out. And I start laughing, and I said, man, you went dead mode on him. You, you treated him like he was your son. He goes, what, what are you talking about? I said, you hit him with, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. <laughs> That's it. I'm not angry at you. Look, sometimes that's all the discipline that it takes. You, you've been there. there. There were conversations that I had with my dad. Look, there were three boys. We had conversations every two or three days. We'd sit on the bed. We'd have to wait for my dad. I, I think he, he was eating a sandwich. I don't know what he was doing, but he would wait. You'd sit there and you'd sweat and you'd wring your hands. you know what was about to happen. He would walk into the bedroom. He would sit down. And the worst thing he could do was to look at you and go, I'm so disappointed. Man, I am so so disappointed in you. Sometimes that's it. Sometimes that's all discipline takes. Sometimes it takes a little more than that. There were times where he simply said, look, I'm disappointed. And then there were times where he walked through what we had done and he said, we have covered this multiple times. And then he brought up a statement that as a child, I knew it was a lie. He would go, this is going to hurt me more than it does you. <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, so when you get through, I'm going to do the same thing to you. And let's see who hurts more. Like, we're just... We'll prove it true, but, but normally that one didn't end well, right? That one normally ended in some kind of physical discipline. Now, sometimes it was something simple. Man, I loved electronics, and so he might just take a Game Boy away from me, or he might pull a Nintendo or a TV out of my room, or he might ground me and tell me that I can't go other places. And then there were times he would go, look, I'm really disappointed, 
this is going to hurt you more than it does me. And he would add on a third one. He'd go, I want you to go pick your switch out. <laughs> right? I don't know if you guys ever lived through that, but it's horrible because if you don't pick the right one, it's just a long process. It is, it is hours worth of discipline. And so you learn that the process is the spanking doesn't really hurt that bad. You just don't want to go through it all again. It's discipline. But he was training me. It wasn't like he was just mad and he's going, look, I'm, going, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to give you a spanking or take stuff away from you just so I can see how you are at. He was saying, look, I know that there is a way that you're going to get the most out of life and there is a way that God has called you to live. I'm going to help you learn to live that way. I'm going to help you learn to live that way. And so all throughout my life, he was helping me learn to live a godly life. And listen, it always required discipline. I want you to know this, it does hurt more as a parent. But now that I'm on the other end of it, I understand it. He wasn't saying that my legs are going to hurt like yours. He was saying, listen, this is going to hurt me. It bothers me to have to do this. I don't want to have to do it, but I know if I do this now, it's going to be better for you in the long run. And so as a parent, you never like to see your child in pain. Look, it doesn't matter what kind of pain it is. You don't like to see your child experience physical pain. You don't like to see them experience emotional pain, whether that's their first heartbreak or whatever it be. You do not want to see your child in pain. But listen, I want you to know this, that a little bit of pain through discipline is better than a lot of pain later through living an undisciplined life. That a little bit of pain now, that learning to do without or learning to live certain ways now is way better than getting to be an adult and still living without discipline and experiencing all of the heartache and all the turmoil that goes along with that. And so we love our kids and we train them to honor us by leading them, by encouraging them, and by disciplining them. The Bible puts it this way. It says, those who spare the rod of discipline. Look, it's not talking about beating your kids. It's talking about training them to live a godly life. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. That's strong. The parents who refuse to discipline their kids, right? We're just going to let them figure it out. They're going to figure out life on their own. He says those who live that way, they hate their children. And those who love their children care enough to discipline them. And so we gain our children's honor by leading them, encouraging them, and disciplining them by training them to live godly lives. And listen, then as an adult, I honor my parents by treating them as valuable. As an adult, I honor my parents by treating them with value. They're not something that is common. They're not someone who is meant to be used and then just tossed to the side when I get into adulthood. In fact, this command goes along with the way that the nation of Israel really treated senior citizens in general. There was a great honor for those who were older. It flips what we live here in America up on its side because we look down on old age and we look up to youth. That's why America spends billions of dollars a year trying to stay young, right? We will buy facial cream, or we will we'll get a certain drink, or we will go to the gym, right? We, we want to look young. We want to stay as young as we, we possibly can. And look, I have some good and some bad news for you. It doesn't matter what kind of cream you put on your face, you're still going to get old, right? It's going to happen. The wrinkles will show up. You're going to be, at this point, one year from now, you're going to be one year older than you are right now. There's absolutely nothing you can do to stop it. We continue to get old. You continue to age. But for some reason as a society, we look down on those who've experienced more of life than we have. And we look back on the energy of youth and we go, man, I just wish I had that. And I would tell you this, that wisdom, that wisdom is a far greater value than youth. And there's a huge difference between being, being knowledgeable and being smart and being wise. And so here's the way. Here's the way we value 
our parents. The first one is this, is to look beyond the role and see the person. Look beyond the role and see the person. They are more than the role that they played in your life. They're not just a mom. They're, they're, they're not just a dad. God literally knit them together in the womb also. He made them exactly the way that he wanted them to be. And he has a plan and he has a purpose for their life. And listen, you are a part of it, but you're not all of it. You're part of it. You're not all of it. Their life doesn't revolve around you. It should revolve around the Lord the same way that yours does. And so we honor them. And we say, look, I know that you have goals. And I know that you have dreams for your life. So when you call and you ask them to babysit, and they go, I can't keep the grandkids today, instead of going, "Uh, man, you just don't love your grandkids, do you? I guess you just don't love them. Putting the guilt trip on there. You go, I understand. You have a life to live also. There are things that you want to accomplish. There are things that you want to do. We see them as a person, not just as a role. And then listen, we seek their advice. When making decisions, we seek their advice when making decisions. But my dad made plenty of mistakes when I was growing up. And and there are times I still point them out to him just to get a jab in, right? To go, hey, do you remember when? And uh, we have a little fun with it. But he's the wisest person I know, and he is the first person I call when I have a major decision to make in life. Listen, before I moved my family to Prattville, I was on the phone with my dad. That was it. I was talking to him before I make major purchases in life. He's, he's the guy that I call. And look, it isn't because I think he's smarter than me. It's because he's wiser than me. He's wiser than me. There's a college student, and he was going to school to be a chemist, and he called his dad all excited one day. He said, Dad, let me tell you what we've done. He said, we're changing the world. He said, we have created a substance that will dissolve any known substance. So he's saying, look, we've created something that will dissolve anything on the planet. And his dad responded, what are you storing in? <laughs> right? Yeah, y'all get that in a minute. Look, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. And a lot of times we get wisdom just by living life. And so there are times that you seek out the wisdom of your parents or those who have lived more of life than you. And they tell you something that you don't want to hear. But listen, they're telling you what you need to hear. And a lot of times they're telling you or asking you not to do something because they've already experienced it. And listen, I want you to hear, they've already made the wrong decision. And they know what the outcome is. And they know what they had to live through and how they had to deal with it. And they don't want you to experience the same thing. And so oftentimes, wisdom tells you the things that you don't want to hear but the things you need to. And so we reach out to those who are wiser than us and we ask them to speak into the decisions that we are making. Proverbs puts it this way. He says, a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. And again, in Proverbs 23, it says, listen to your father who gave you life, and don't despise your mother when she is old. We see them for who they are. We seek their advice. And then finally, we forgive them. We forgive them. One of the most powerful things that you can do in your relationship with your parents, and listen, we all have them, is to forgive them. You choose to forgive them. Did they make mistakes? Absolutely. And I can tell you this as a parent now, that that just in the short nine years I've been raising my daughter, there are thousands of things that I wish I had done different already. And so I would bet that a parent with a grown child would say there are millions of things that if I could go back and change them, I absolutely would do different. Look, they know they made mistakes. They don't need us to remind them of it. We should choose to forgive them. Go, look, maybe you are a great parent. 
Maybe you were a horrible parent. Maybe you were somewhere in between. But I'm going to choose to forgive you, not just because I want to, but because the Bible tells me that I'm to honor my father and I'm to honor my mother. And so because this is what God has called me to do, this is what I'm going to choose to do. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to forgive you for the mistakes that you have made. Listen, some of you are are simply forgiving your parents away from changing your life. Now, you've been toting around things for years or for, for decades even. And you just need to let go of them. You need to choose to forgive your parents, not only for their sake, but for yours. Just forgive them. The Bible puts it this way. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, here's why. Remember, the Lord forgave you, and so you must forgive others. And here's the benefit. When we choose to honor our parents, it teaches us to honor our God. So honoring your parents teaches you to honor your God. You know how we honor God? By completely obeying Him. Right? We're right back to the beginning. Here's why. Because you are completely dependent on Him. We're completely dependent on Him. And so the only way that we can honor Him as our Heavenly Father, as our perfect Lord, is to completely obey Him. Look, it's been a tremendous few weeks at Journey. I think there's about 16 people that have surrendered their life to Christ over the last two weeks. And to completely obey God, you follow that up by, by taking part in baptism. Right? That, that's your next step. If you're going to completely obey Him and you've made that decision recently, then that's it. Sign, you go ahead and sign up. The pool fellowship, we're going to be baptizing people. We're going to be having a lot of fun. It's going to be a party. That's your step. That's obeying God, doing the next thing that He has called you to do, and we completely obey Him. Again, we're completely dependent on Him, so we completely obey Him. Maybe you look at your life this morning and you think, you know what, I never really thought of it, but I, I have kind of treated my parents as common. I've, I've used them just for what I can get out of them. They raised me, and I still just want what I can get from them, and I hadn't really put any value on them, and I hadn't honored them. I hadn't treated them as, as someone that was special. Maybe you look at your relationship with God and you know, man, not only my parents, but I kind of use God to get what I want. And I don't treat Him as someone who is special, as someone who deserves honor. I'm going to tell you what, what you do. So we walked in the bathroom and we found our towel wadded up in the floor with our, our nice embroidered initials on it. And you know what we did? We picked it up out of the floor. We threw it in the washing machine. We washed it and we hung it back up. And we began to treat it as valuable again. I want you to know we still treat it as valuable today. It's, it's still hanging. If you want to come visit, I will show it to you. Listen, if you have been treating your parents as common, the solution is simple. Fix the relationship and begin treating them with value. And begin treating them with honor. If you treated your relationship with God as something that's common, then the solution, again, is simple. Just fix the relationship and begin treating Him with honor again. Well, there are a few next steps, and we'll walk through those quickly. And the first one is this. It's to forgive my parents and to choose to honor them daily. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's all you need to do today. Maybe you just need to pray to God and go, Lord, I I just want to forgive my parents. Maybe you need to pick up a phone, and you need to call them, and you need to go, look, you may not even know this. But for years, I've been angry about whatever the situation is. And today, you need to go, hey, I just want you to know that I forgive you. I forgive you. Maybe you just need to write a letter. 
that says, hey, there's some things that man, I just didn't like or I didn't understand. I want you to know that, that I forgive you. The, the command to honor your father and mother, it's the first one with a promise. There's, there's a few more with a promise. Listen, it's the only one with a timetable. There will become a point in life where you can no longer honor your father and mother, that all you can do is honor their memory. And so as long as you have them, listen, as long as you have them, live out the command that God has given you to honor your father and your mother. Well, maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know he's the perfect father. He's not like an earthly father. He doesn't make mistakes. That Your next step today may simply be to make the decision to honor God daily. And that begins by choosing to surrender your life to him. The Bible's clear. It tells us that every one of us have sinned, right? We've made mistakes. It isn't just our parents. It's us. We've made mistakes. And Scripture is clear. It says that the wages, the punishment, the price for those mistakes is death and eternal separation from God. But listen, there's a beautiful promise in there where it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. You see, God loves you enough as a father to sacrifice his own son so that he could heal and mend his broken relationship with you. And now the promise of Scripture is this, is that if you accept that forgiveness and you surrender your life to him, that you will experience eternal life. Listen to me, there is not a better decision you could ever make. I don't know what your father was like, but I know this, that we have a perfect father. We have a perfect father, and he desires a relationship with you. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, we love you. Thanks so much for loving us. God, I thank you that you are the perfect father. God, that there is nothing wrong in you, and you absolutely make no mistakes. Lord, I thank you that each and every person in this room, regardless of the parents that they have, is not a mistake that you created them, you desire for them to be here, and you desire to be their eternal father. So Lord, would you be with us right now in this moment? If today you would say, you know what I do, I want to begin a relationship with God. I believe that there is a God who loves me and desires to to have a relationship with me. And the day you want to ask him for forgiveness and begin that walk, if that's you, would you just lift your hand in the air just real quick? I just want to pray for you. Anybody here in the room? So there are a few things that, that you can do if God's leading you to make a decision today. The most important thing you can do is write on that connection card that's in the seat back in front of you. You can take it to our VIP room in the back or you can just drop it in the offering basket as it comes about, we don't want to harass you, but we, we do want to help you as you begin your walk with God. But maybe you're in the room this morning and you've been holding on to some baggage. And today you just need to let go of it. And you need to say, Lord, today I forgive my parents. Lord, I forgive them. Listen, don't let it stop in this room. But it can start here. It can start here. If that's you, just take a moment. It's between you and God. It isn't between anyone else. Say, Lord, I want to forgive my parents. Would you help me? Help me to take the steps that I need to take. Lord, I thank you this morning for creating us, for loving us, for caring about us, for being our Father. God, help us to honor your command by honoring our parents. In Jesus' name.